3: Oh, this is all in really poor taste, but O.J. Simpson, oh Simpson was tweeting about the debate last night. Oh, jeez. Who asked for that? And of course, there were lots of replies. Hey, OJ, which candidate would you stab first? <laughs> <Somebody> <laughs> wow! <laughs> You'll notice a the theme. There a lot of. Hey, you, yeah. you ever think about taking a stab at politics? Yeah, oh boy. Interesting to see which ones will make the cut. It's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, and that's, geez, that's pretty rough. That's too much. That is too well, much. Well, they want right? it. They want it to be too much for OJ. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Still, yikes! Do you think he gets it? You know, I was surely. just thinking that. What what is He's how delusional, crazy though. is he? Oh. how messed up is his psyche that he can does he even look at those comments or does he have somebody doing it for him? I don't I don't, I don't look at ours because they're often so mean yeah. spirited. Right. So if yeah. I were him I wouldn't look at him either. No. OJ, you slay me. Jeez, Louise. <sighs> wow. That's something. Wow. Killer debate, huh, OJ? Oh boy. They just keep coming. We did his pregame debate tweet like 40 minutes before, just sitting on the couch staring at a frozen screen of yeah. the candidates like, I guess I just
1: wait here now. Yuck, yeah, yuck, yuck. He, had, yuck,
3: he <laughs> releases a video with the with his phone turned toward the TV and turns it back to him. 38 minutes to go. And somebody replied, I guess you have time to kill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Do we have that somebody tweeted. <laughs> somebody tweeted, can I have my sports memorabilia bill you back? <laughs> Yeah, where's that OJ tape? Let's play that for the folks. This is is so inexplicable. The one from the debate? Whatever. Hey,
1: Twitter world, it's me, yours truly, sitting at my house waiting to watch this debate. To hear a bunch of people who think they're capable of running our country. It should be interesting, because to be honest, I I don't know most of these guys. But I'm interested to hear what they have to say. And I think every American should be watching this. So... I guess we got about thirty-eight minutes to go, so won't be long now. Take care.
3: Is there one Jesus. Homo sapien on Earth who is thinking before the debate? Wonder what OJ is up to right now and what he thinks about the debate. I didn't. <clears throat> You don't know most of these candidates because your fellow inmates didn't want to watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's good stuff. <laughs> a lot of people with replies like, why does O.J. have a nicer living room than me? Which you know, Yeah, well, he's got an NFL pension. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. So we'll uh, hit you with some of the debate notable moments. Some of them are highlights. Some of them are not. Oh, so. So, the O.J. documentary was apparently on ESPN last night. The O.J. Made in America? Yeah. Okay. It was actually on TV last night, and some people thought he was trying to distract from that. Anyway, somebody tweeted, <laughs> hey, O.J., I was just watching that documentary. I, I just got to the part where you, where you killed those two innocent people, and then instead of turning yourself in, you ran from the law. That's, that's a heck of a just very blunt tweet. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'd say. So a quick reset, if you're just tuning in, the capital of Cal Unicornia, Sacramento, which like all West Coast cities has an enormous bums and junkies problem, um, has spent tens of millions of dollars on getting people into uh, temporary housing with what they call wraparound social services to try to get them unhomeless and stuff. And a lot of it is uh, absolutely the best of human motivations. You know, just compassion, the rest of it. Um, wrap around, be- like, trying to, providing extra services to get you back into being productive. Right, sort of. exactly, okay. yeah. Yeah, get you behoused and uh, a little job training, a little haircut, a little, uh, maybe get you a cell phone so you can get calls if for interviews and that sort of thing. Um, and again, tens of millions of dollars spent recently and uh the homeless count is up 20% year over year up 20% in a year now wow here are two things to keep in mind as you look at that number and then they break it down uh, carefully by all sorts of race and uh, ethnicity and lgbt and the rest of it but two two things number one and and they contradict each other and for that i apologize but it you know it is what it is um number one you could make the argument that, as uh, Ken the listener wrote, and he, he sent along a link to the article, um, after pouring millions of Sacramento taxpayer dollars towards ending the GAB problem, junkies and bums, there's 19% more of them. What a shock! It's like when my neighbor puts cat food out on the front porch, and now there's a bunch of cats hanging around in his front house. Who would have guessed that would happen? That's some excellent uh, sarcasm. Uh, Kiff the jabs. Keep feeding those junkies and bums, writes Ken. Um, on the other hand, the count is done by the very people who have those tens of millions of dollars pouring into their coffers, That's a good point. and the many more millions that will come their way the compassionate taxpayers, of, particularly your blue states, pour more and more taxpayer money into this. So... It could be that my first point is undermined by my second one. If these programs to combat homelessness are extremely successful, the people that do the counting would have every incentive to lie about it. Because all government programs grow and grow and grow. That's the only thing they can do. And if you fail at what you said you would accomplish, that's reason to get more money. Failure is rewarded in government. Success in private enterprise. And so, I, I don't know what to make of those numbers, honestly. I That's
2: don't a know good if point. Real.
3: That's a good point. You have every reason to fudge the direction of making it seem like a bigger problem, right. I mean, there's no doubt if you live in certain cities that it is a bigger problem. You don't need any statistics whatsoever. The town you live in might be completely different than it was five, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. right. The taxpayers, the citizens, the children can no longer. Enjoy living there anymore? It's miserable. Homelessness didn't it's dirty. Come, it's disease. Homelessness didn't come up at all in the debate last night. Interesting. Um, it will when they come a begging for money uh, to the West Coast, I think. But uh, do you see any uh, bums and junkies talk? Uh, official archivist Sean, I believe it was mentioned. Not more than twice, but I feel like it was at least brought up by somebody during an answer. In a, in upon. a, list, in a list of yeah, problems. Yeah, but it, it wasn't focused on, it wasn't a, a major talking point, but it, it okay. was. Yeah, fair enough. I think this hour. It we was sh- brought up more than Biden was. It would take a little bit of time, but we should this hour play all their closing comments, which is not a bad way to get an idea what they're all, all about. All of them? Can't we pick like three or four that are crappy and nobody cares about? Aren't they 30 seconds each? So we're 45. At... Okay. All right, that's fairly brief. Give I make, like six minutes. Can I make body noises during them? I suppose you could. It's America. But I thought it was interesting. It was, is America. When they went Thanks, through Sean. when they went through what's the biggest threat to America, I'd say two thirds of the threats mentioned weren't discussed during the debate. So how can it be your biggest threat to America but it wasn't a topic of conversation? That's another great point I mean, by sick Jack. Even, another slow clap is called <laughs> <laughs> He's very sick, and yet he's eloquent, folks. And I have one question for Hanson before I move on from this. Hanson, can you get on your microphone? Hanson is our executive producer, and he deals with all kinds of major technical things that go on, keeping us on the air and all these different stations. Logistics. Satellites, feeds, all this different stuff. What do you think was going on with various people like you? When their debate got shut down because microphones were on and everything like that,
5: a uh, union break, I think, <laughs> and they walked off and they handed it over make, to that had to, to the make B
3: you, team. You live that life. That had to make you uncomfortable. Oh yeah, it was a cold sweat right yeah. at that very moment because I felt <laughs> I was like in the room. You know, I knew exactly what was going on. Some. It was some inexplicable failure that the, the those guys aren't dummies. I mean, they know how to set stuff up, but the mics were on for the people that asked because they had different people ask the first hour, ask questions in the second hour, right? And they left those people's mics on and wherever <laughs> they were backstage in the bathroom, wherever their At mics the buffet on. table. Oh, oh was- I love these little tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> You you heard somebody mention they needed a folder, and somebody saying they were going to go to the bathroom were the only two like audible things. Right. I, but I was really we'll hoping that we'll play that for you. In a I'm minute, glad Savannah Guff, Guthrie didn't say I got to go take a. <laughs> oh boy, that would have hurt her image. I was really hoping for some for some s talking back. Yeah. And, well, that's not how you ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> Just critiquing the, the yeah. new moderator. Like yeah. moderating ass. <laughs> if she had said that, that's really not her brand. <laughs> right. and I got time for a growler. <laughs> I mean, for instance. These are things that were not said. Thank goodness. So we'll play that for you in a couple minutes. Also, listen, it's yet another uh, Northern Cal Unicornia story, but I can't resist uh, about, uh, that's difficult to explain. Uh, You got fare jumpers. Everybody everybody in any any city in America knows what a fare jumper is. You got fare jumpers for the uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit System, um, and they announced a giant uh, issuing of tickets program. Uh, They're going to bust everybody who who fair jumped, and they offered, uh, or they, I'm sorry, they wrote more than 6,000 of these tickets, and so far, now these are tickets written in 2018, so far, BART has managed to collect the fine on one. Wow. One (laughs) ticket. One out of (laughs) 6,000. Wow. And what did that add up to? Three bucks? I don't know. I don't know. It's so sad. It is so very pathetic. How much money did they spend attempting to get and then get three bucks? Huge piles of enforcement money. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, but don't worry. The sort who will jump fares will never hear that they don't enforce it anyway. So keep keep doing that. How long would something that effective last in the private sector? Would last a week? No, indeed. Please wouldn't be allowed. Please. We have more on the way. Our text line four one five two nine five K F T C. They ask for a closing statement. This is usually a decent idea to get the uh, to measure a man or a woman. Because I'm told, constitutionally speaking, a woman can be president. Welcome. Welcome to the party. The most Googled person on the stage last night was Tulsi Gabbard. I think just because she was hot and that's the way Google works. She's really an attractive young woman. People were checking yes. out the, uh, doing that. So Last night was the first uh, presidential debate stage that had multiple women on it. The other ones only had one in the past. Mm. There you go. Seems notable. I think it's like three per night, isn't it? Two or three per night. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Tulsi Gabbard, the most Googled. I, I think part... She's a very attractive woman. It's also because she had the most impressiveness to impressions ratio. Um, not many people had heard of her or seen her. I've, I've been saying for a long time she's really imp- impressive, not oppressive. Julian Castro got the most overall social media buzz. Mm, tweets, bueno. retweets, Boy, bueno. searches, etc. all your different stuff. Super. So anyway, back to the closing statements thing. We've got everybody's closing statement. Uh, you know, they can't tell the players without uh, a scorecard. Why don't we run through them? Sean, do you want to be our DJ? Just play them in whatever order they are or what? Um, the worst DJ job ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Presidential. Nobody's dancing. <laughs> uh, here, let's uh, no particular order. Let's just start with the uh, guy who most looks like your high school football coach, Jay Inslee.
5: Three grandchildren. We love them all. And when I was thinking about whether to run for president, I made a decision. I decided that on my last day on Earth, I wanted to look them in the eye and tell them I did everything humanly possible to protect them from the ravages of the climate crisis. And I know to a moral certainty, if we do not have the next president who commits to this as the top priority, it won't get done. And I am the only candidate, frankly, I'm surprised, I am the only candidate who's made this commitment to make it the top priority. If you join me in that recognition of how important this is, we can have a unified national mission. We can save ourselves. We can save our children. We can save our grandchildren. And we can save literally the life on this planet. This is our moment.
3: He um, is going to be somebody's climate czar. He'll be in somebody's administration. He's running for uh, head of the EPA or something. He's a one-trick pony. Get off the stage. Jeez. Uh, Let's let's take a listen to uh, the aforementioned Tulsi Gabbard. What did she have to close it out with?
6: Our nation was founded on the principles of service above self. People who fled kings, who literally prospered on the backs and sacrifices of people. Coming here to this country, instead putting in place a government that is of, by, and for the people. But that's not what we have. Instead we have a government that is of, by, and for the rich and powerful. This must end. As president, our White House, our White House will be a beacon of light, providing hope and opportunity, ushering in a new century where every single person will be able to get the health care they need, where we will have clean air to breathe and clean water to drink, where we will have good paying jobs in a new green economy. Join me in ushering in this new century with peace prosperity, opportunity, and justice for all. Congresswoman,
3: thank you. That was uh, that's very solid. Yeah, and, and uh, they, uh, they all had libbed them, or at least had them memorized. Oh, yeah, yeah. They prepped like fiends. But, yeah. That was solid. Who next? Uh, let's see. We're not going to be able to hear from him too much longer. Let's see what de Blasio <laughs> has to say.
7: It matters. It matters in this fight for the heart and soul of our party that we nominate a candidate who has seen the face of poverty and didn't just talk about it but gave people $15 minimum wage. It matters that we nominate a candidate who saw the destruction wrought by broken broken healthcare system and gave people universal healthcare. It matters that we choose someone who saw the wasted potential of our children denied pre-K and gave it to every single one of them for free. These things really matter. And these are the things that I've done in New York, and I want to do the same for this whole country. Because putting working people first, it matters. We need to be that party again. Let's work together. With your help, we can put working people first again in America.
3: If you there, can put them out of a job if their labor isn't worth $15 an hour. If there is a study that shows pre-K is necessary and does any good, please send it to me because not, I've not seen one. No, there aren't any. It's government-paid child care. Uh, do we have time for another one?
1: Be honest, I, I don't know most of these guys. That's O.J. Thanks, That's O.J. <laughs> Who next? Uh, Cory Booker. Fifty years ago this month, my family moved into the town I grew up in because after being denied a house because of the color of their skin, it was activists, mostly white activists, that stood up and fought for them. That's the best of who we are as Americans. Why, when I got out of law school, I moved into the inner city of Newark to fight as a tenant lawyer for other people's rights. I've taken on bullies and beat them. I've taken on tough fights, and we've won. And we win those fights, not by showing the worst of who we are, but rising to who's best. Donald Trump wants us to fight him on his turf and his terms. We will beat him. I will beat him by calling this country to a sense of common purpose again. This is a referendum on him and getting rid of him, but it's also a referendum on us, who we are and who we must be to each other. It's time we win this election and the way I'll govern is by showing the best of who we are because that's what this country needs Senator and deserves. Thank you.
3: When Cory Booker's good, he's very good. Um, when he's bad, he's terrible. Chris Matthews knock on him on MSNBC and I I didn't think of this my own I'm not sure if it really matters but he did say and it is true. Cory Booker has the same tone and approach to every single answer. He's exactly the same body language, mm. expression And everything's exactly the same with different words. I think Beto's got a little bit of that in him, too. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we have got the Supremes heading out the door this season with two decisions on major cases. Could be a trade breakthrough with China. More proof Amazon is taking over the world.
6: No! And
3: the rest of the candidates.
6: Oh, my. Armstrong and Getty.
3: We'll hit you with the rest of the closing arguments from the candidates, give you an idea who they are, I guess, among other things. I'm finding it interesting. I mean, different. Differences mean, in style and tone and strategy. Yeah. mouth, well, Marsha Phillips. At the end of the session, with the Supreme Court now stopping the Trump administration from adding a citizenship question. Nah. Never, but wait. Go ahead. To the 2020 census, at least for now. Ah, uh, yes. The court says the administration's explanation for wanting to add the question was not sufficient. It's unclear whether the administration is going to have time to provide a fuller account because the census forms are supposed to be printed beginning next week. Yeah. oh Because we wanted to know how many people are here illegally to try to craft policy or decide how or, big a deal it is. Or, and, or lawfully. You might have a green card. You might have permanent residence status. Or, or I guess that's the same thing. Or a work visa. Or, there are a hundred different things you might have. We're just curious how many of each do we have. A racist, racist, this little depressed turnout or something. It's absurd. But the court said, listen, you're supposed to follow a procedure to add questions. You didn't follow it. Explain to us why you're doing this. Google, and, Google and Facebook would probably say, you know, it's 15,312,914. You want their addresses? <laughs> and and what know. sort of shoes they like? We know exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a great point. Supreme Court also ruled that federal courts don't have a role in regulating partisan gerrymandering, which, of course, the political process of drawing up congressional districts. The case involved North Carolina in Maryland, and the justices said they cannot decide an issue that is up to state legislators. The ruling on that was also five to four. Yeah, it seems crazy for them to say, that's not our department, but it's not. The Constitution yep. is quite explicit about that. Never mind that. Breaking news, breaking news. Laura Linney is on uh, TV. Does that mean, positive, Sean, that Ozark is coming back soon? I hope so. I hope so, too. That'd be great. Oh, I love that show. Thank you, Marshall. (laughs) First round of Democratic debates featured some sharp attacks on inequality and President Trump's administration with health care and immigration, the top issues. One of the candidates, Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, though, had a warning for his party. We have a perception problem with the Democratic Party. We are not connecting to the working class people in the very states that I represent in Ohio, in the industrial Midwest. We've lost all connection that we have got to change the center of gravity of the Democratic Party from being coastal and elitist and Ivy League, which is the perception, to somebody from the forgotten communities that have been left behind for the last 30 years to get those workers
6: back on our side.
3: And that takes a lot of guts to stand up there and say that. And he got a pretty decent round of applause. But uh, de Blasio, uh, representing the other wing of the party, had this to say.
7: Is that battle for the heart and soul of our party. I want to make it clear. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for a 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college for our young people. We are supposed to break up big corporations when they're not serving our democracy. This Democratic Party has to be strong and bold and progressive. And in New York, we've proven it that we can do something very different. We can put money back in the hands of working people. And let me tell you, every time you talk about investing in people and their communities, you hear folks say there's not enough money. What I say to them every single time is, there's plenty of money in this world. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. We Democrats
3: have to fix that. He is an actual Marxist. Can you imagine trying to write out the law that said the federal government can break up any corporation that's not serving the interests of our democracy, which is what he just said. That's a bizarre and frightening thing to say. He got a more enthusiastic reply than uh, Ryan did with his little screed about where the coastal, people think we're coastal elites and ivy, but I guarantee I know who Trump would rather run against, which kind of candidate he'd rather run against. 100%. And listen, in the defense of many people who vote Democrat, the hardcore wackadoos in uh, in the hall the super activist types. Yep. That doesn't represent, you know, the, the masses of the Democratic Party across the United States. Those are the out there types. But I will also point out that whole they're seeing us as coastal elite. Well look at the electoral map. Hillary's entire electoral advantage was outside of I five on the west and I ninety five is in the east. It was that narrow strip of coastal property is all property is all blue. Most of the rest of the country is substantially red. So you know which is, that not, is really not a good. good trend. No. It's not good for the country. It's not good no. for anything. No, and and listen, and, and you see it you see it in some of the blue states. It's becoming a bigger and bigger problem in, in Washington, Oregon, and California on the West Coast in particular. Um, and you're seeing signs of it in Texas as well with the, the giant population center like a Boston, right? The, and you know, it's the capital and everything. It's super left. And they're making decisions to run everybody's lives out in farm country, timber country, uh, ranch land, etc. And man, when you put that on a national scale, it's going to cause enormous resentments. Already is. There, I mean, I'm sorry, Marshall, but, but I, I got ahead of steam. And, well, I can't save time, though, for all those closing statements. But you already have sheriffs in multiple counties, in multiple states, saying, I will not enforce the gun laws passed by the Capitol. They're unconstitutional. They're immoral. I won't do it. That Man, that is a sign of, of, of unrest to come. There is a report Chinese President Xi will present President Trump with terms for a trade war settlement when the leaders meet at the G20 summit going on now in Japan. And Trump's got to take that folder, point at it, and say, that's what Xi said. According, that's, right, wow. Am I wrong? According, wow. to the, according to the Wall Street Journal, the proposed deal calls for the U.S. to lift its ban on selling American technology to Chinese tech giant Huawei. It will also call for Trump to remove all tariffs on Chinese imports, along with ending efforts to get China to buy more U.S. exports. That does not sound like much of a deal to me. No, thank you. Nice try, Red. Along with meeting the Chinese president, uh, Trump is going to meet with Saudi Arabia and Russian leaders. And when a reporter yesterday asked the president if he'd asked Russian President uh, Putin about meddling in U.S. elections...
7: I'll have a very good
3: conversation with him. What I say to him is none of your business. There you go. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's an interesting take. (laughs) Wait, who's who's the interesting none of your business to, the reporters or Putin. Here, I'll play it for you again. It's the reporter. I'll have a very good conversation with him. What I say to him is none of your business. Oh, I thought he said what I'm going to say to him. Uh, Yeah, our own Sarah Westwood asked that question. Our old friend Sarah Westwood, who won't come on the show anymore since she started working for CNN. Uh, But, yes, none of the reporter's business. Beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of by definition their business. Yes. Specifically reporters that are covering mm, what you say to other people. Yeah, It's Uh, difficult to understand what their business is, if not that. (laughs) Rite Aid and Amazon teaming up to start a new package pickup service. Starting today, Amazon shoppers can get their ordered packages inside Rite Aid stores. The service is going to be offered in more than 1,500 Rite Aid locations by the end of the year. Amazon trying to address competition by increasing its convenient delivery and pickup services. I think this is a major move to just deal with porch pirates. Here, we're going to put it here. but but, but the... The store is now going to have to hire a bunch of people that just do that all day long. All they do is go back in the warehouse and get your box after you hand them a slip or a number or something. I hope they hire be a people lo- to do that. There will be a lot of cars in the parking lot and a long line of people doing that. One last note. Fans of The Office petitioning NBC to lead the long-running sitcom on Netflix. The word Good broke. Luck word broke earlier this week that all ten seasons of The Office will be gone from Netflix in January. NBC is going to be pulling the series before launching its own streaming service sometime next year. It gets harder and harder to justify having a Netflix account for me. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. we got a handful of candidates left. We'll hear their closing statement. Tonight's a definitely more heavyweight slot. You got Bernie and Biden in the middle, and on each side of them, Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg. Oh, boy. And I just heard some commentators on CNN, Biden will be getting it from all sides. Yeah, that's what I heard about Warren, and nobody said a word to her. I hope nobody yells at Mayor Pete and makes him cry. Nobody's going to say, oh, jeez. Does anybody say anything to Biden? Maybe not. No guarantee that mm, we'll all find out together. Yeah, I guess. But uh, one question I have: Is it the same people asking questions? Exactly the same? Crew? I believe so. Yeah. I suppose you'd have to to be fair. You can't bring in a whole new crew. Fair. What's fair got to do with it? Well, they're trying to look fair after being so incredibly unfair with Bernie and Hillary. Bring in Alex Trebek. <laughs> That'd be great. Fantastic. Uh, some more of the closing arguments next.
6: Armstrong and Getty. The
4: Armstrong and Getty Show. But you just cannot say, and there's a disagreement, that anybody coming across the border is breaking the law. Not until there's been a determination as to whether they can stay or not, but just because they're coming across the border, they don't.
3: So that's just a few minutes ago. Nancy Pelosi said that. Did you say there's more to what She said how long is it the more? Let's hear the rest of it.
4: We all want to have border security and, and do what we need to do, protect our borders, north, south, east, west, Gulf Coast, whatever. We have to do that, but we don't have to uh, undermine our who we are as a country. First of all,
3: her old person mouth noises <laughs> are really starting to get on my yeah, nerves. No kidding. But, um, so who we are as a country. God, that sort of greeting card sloganeering makes me nuts. Crossing the border illegally should not be a crime. Okay. So right. this is something that, that Castro brought up in the debate last night right. a couple times. Right. It was the, the Proposition 1320 or whatever he kept bringing up that it is... It is that law that is being used to say, hey, you you crossed the border, you broke the law, therefore we get to detain you, therefore we get to separate you from your children, and then the dominoes of the rhetoric begins. Right, right, right. And they want to make it civil like you were a jaywalker. Well, that'll be quite a talking point and should come up in the debate tonight. Should come up in the general election, too. I'm I'm sure it will. Yeah, buddy. So we got a few candidates. How many candidates we got left we haven't heard from? I think five. Oh, geez, that's too many.
6: Well, let's get
3: to it. Okay. Final These statements from last mm-hmm. night. Who this? 50 years ago this month.
1: Uh, this is Beto. 50 years ago this month, my oh, no, family. no, that's
3: not. That's Booker again. Shut up.
0: Here. Our daughter Molly turned 11 this week. Happy birthday, Molly. Shut up. I'm on the stage for her, for children across this country, including some her same age who've been separated from their parents and are sleeping on concrete floors under aluminum blankets tonight. If we're going to be there for them. We're going to confront the challenges that we face. We can't return to the same old approach. We're going to need a new kind of politics, one directed by the urgency of the next generation. Those climate activists who are fighting not just for their future, but for everyone's. Those students marching not just for their lives, but for all of ours. We'll need a movement like the one that we led in Texas. It renewed our democracy by bringing everyone in and writing nobody off. That's how we beat Donald Trump. That's how we bring this great country together again. Join us. This is our moment. And the generations that follow are counting on us to meet it. Thank you, Congressman.
7: That's pretty good.
3: Yeah. If you like soaring rhetoric, that's pretty good. He does the anecdote thing every time. Once you become hip to that, somebody pointed that out to me, it drives you crazy. He always starts with this. I met a guy named Pete Johnson. And oh, boy. My daughter just turned 11. Her name is Gabby. And just every single thing ah, he does today. Yeah, right. Somebody taught him that in rhetoric class. Next! Oh, this is, uh, this is Castro. Fidel. Me
5: llamo Julián Castro y por presidente Estados What? The very fact that I can say that tonight shows the progress that we have made in this country. Like many of you, I know the promise of America. My grandmother came here when she was seven years old as an immigrant from Mexico, and just two generations later, one of her grandsons is serving in the United States Congress, and the other one is running for President of the United States. (laughs) If I'm elected President, I will work hard every single day so that you and your family can get good health care, your child can get a good education, and that you can have good job opportunities, whether you live in a big city or a small town. And on January 20th, 2021, we'll say adios to Donald Trump.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous progress that we're becoming a dual-language society. That's fantastic. Tremendous progress that a guy learned a couple of phrases in Spanish. God, we've heard so many stories from uh, people from immigrant families where they were not allowed to speak the language in their home other than English because it was so important to the parents or grandparents that the kids learn English and only English and stick with it and buy Whatever. We're Jack, we're a nation of immigrants. Let's make sure we get Elizabeth Warren in.
4: It's a great honor to be here. Never in a million years did I think I would stand on a stage like this. I was born and raised in Oklahoma. I have three older brothers. They all joined the military. I had a dream growing up, and my dream was to be a public school teacher. By the time I graduated from high school, my family, my family didn't have the money for a college application, much less a chance for me to go to college. But I got my chance. It was a $50 a semester commuter college. That was a little slice of government that created some opportunity for a girl. And it opened my life. I am in this fight because I believe that we can make our government, we can make our economy, we can make our country work, not just for those at the top, we can make it work for everyone, and I promise you this. I will fight for you as hard as I fight for my own family. God.
3: She's good with that thing. She's good with that thing. It's it? interesting to me. I'm a fighter. The crowd digs it. Oh, yeah. Those who shout power to the people really mean power to the government. But mm. That's just my opinion, Do man. Do we have time for Bug-Eyed Delaney?
5: Together we are on a mission. We're on a mission to find the America that's been lost, lost through infighting, lost through inaction. We're so much better than this. We're a country that used to do things. We saved the world. We created the American dream for millions of people like myself, the grandson of immigrants, the son of a union electrician who went on to become a successful business leader and create thousands of jobs. But we did these things with real solutions, not with impossible promises. And those are the roots that we have to get back to. I'm running for president to solve these problems, to build infrastructure, to fix our broken healthcare system, to invest in communities that have been left behind, to improve public education. Your, I just don't want to be your president to be your president. Your I want to be your president to do the job. Thank this you, This is sir. not about me. This is about getting America working again. It is is about you, 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 apparently.
3: Um, yeah, your your dad didn't create those jobs. The government did. But he he they, they got to stop being so uh, subtle. He needs to say out loud, Medicare for all is impossible. I have a solution that's possible. Yeah. Instead of just hinting at it, right? I think. It is now my incredible privilege to present Final Thoughts with
6: these morons, Armstrong,
3: and Getty. I didn't hear an edit. I know what Sean's Final Thought is. I want to make sure there's time for him to read it appropriately. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get it on. Michelangelo, Final thought. I'm not about deep throat. I'm about deep tax cuts. I'm John Hickenlooper, and I want to be your next president. Oh, boy. (laughs) Marshall Phillips, your final thought? Going to have to uh, stock up on some more shardy and get ready for another round of the Democratic debate drinking game tonight. Sounds like a plan. Positive Sean, your final thoughts? Yes, from the tweeter machine, Justin Halpern. As a bald guy, I can tell you that Chuck Todd is going bald in the very worst way. No pattern, no start to the recede. It's like each individual hair made its own decision to stay or fall out without discussing its plan with the others. (laughs) A true nightmare scenario. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Jack, your final thought? (laughs) That is really funny. I think the all eyes are going to be on Biden old man watch tonight. Does he do anything that, that, that confirms the idea that he's too old to be president? That's what will doom him. And then the race is wide open. A stumble, a uh, he can't remember something. Could happen to other people, may be fine. But on him, I think it's going to look bad. Yeah, my final thought is, in spite of myself, uh, uh, even as I hate so many of the policies, I think tonight's going to be a good battle. There are so many exciting dynamics at play. I'll be there. Let's all be there. Now, I was picking my wife up at the airport last night, but I'll be tweeting tonight. I love that Chuck Todd balding thing. It's like each individual hair made its own decision whether to stay or go. No Chuck pattern Todd whatsoever. is insufferable. Um, oh, by the way, the funniest joke I heard, I mentioned it very early, Stephen Colbert said of old Beto speaking Spanish, I think he's running for embarrassing dad at Mexican restaurant. Nice. That was pretty good. Nice pandering. Armstrong and Getty, Here wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All these significant stuff we mentioned is there. You can email us. What do you think, huh? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And we'll be here tomorrow with highlights or whatever. If you've got a real life and don't want to do it, we'll bring you up to speed. See you then. God bless America.
0: This is... Uh
4: and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
1: Thank you, and good night.
7: <laughs> and the show's over.
1: <clears throat> Bye-bye. be honest, I, I don't know most of these guys. Take care. Armstrong and Getty.